Alex, I'm Alex, Alex, right now. Alex. Hey guys, it's Jose Galison. You're watching No Way Jose. You can find us on No Way Jose YouTube channel, all the major audio packagers, and Rumble as well. Today, my guest uh, joining me again, old Tim Tuttle. Uh, we are covering the old Sandy Hook stuff again. I do want to remind you guys how this works. If you're a patron, you get this content early, uh, usually in the form of a live stream. I have some people in the live stream lobby right now. So for you guys in there, if you want to ask questions or whatever, I'll pop in occasionally. Uh, but you know, to get that, to get the early content, you have to be a patron at patreon.com. Lowest level is two bucks. The highest level is my sponsors. I read those guys off every episode. I have Toad, who's my co-host on Tower Gang. We just had Gavin McGinnis on. That was a fun episode. Uh, that's offensive comedy. So for those who uh, you know are easily offended, don't go watch that. Uh, I also have at Abrogate D's. Then I have Kevin B. Clark, who's a full-time guitarist and private music teacher in the New York area. So if you're looking for somebody for a gig or you're looking for someone to teach you how to play some music, he's your guy. And then I also have at Z-O-V-E-R-A-C-K. And I also have at underscore infinite zeal. Then I have Jacob Daniel of the Biblical Anarchy podcast. I was just on his show recently. Should be coming out here soon. Uh, at Biblical Anarchy on Twitter. Then I have my guest today, Tim Tuttle, uh, at Jellyon Klebold. Then also at Stinky Sock 420. Uh, he's a singer of a, a band called Bender Hardcore. Checked out some of his music. It's pretty dope. Uh, I suggest you do the same. Uh, also, to remind you guys, if you want to get any of my merch, toplobs.com. Use Jose at checkout for 10% off. You can also get other show merch and other stuff that's not show related. A lot of good stuff in there. Uh, also, let's get, uh, let's get Tim in here. Let's, let's get to it. What's up, man? How you been? I've been doing pretty good. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I did want to, before we get into it, I did want to address, cause I've been paying attention to the comments. I, on these uh, videos we've been having, uh, I, I mean, some of them are a little bit lengthy and to be honest, I only have so much time in the world. Like some guy sent one with like eight different sources and it's like, I mean, I mean, that's great. I mean, hopefully that's useful for somebody out there digs into it and I appreciate the effort but I, I didn't go in there too, and we're not going to spend the time addressing all those. But there is one that caught my eye that I did want to bring up because in a previous episode we were mentioning about like the police response and someone did, I guess, use just Google Maps it real quick and apparently it's a five-minute drive, which I feel like I may have mentioned that or maybe even you may have mentioned it as well that that was like a possibility. So, you know, just because we were kind of astounded by the quick pol police response time. But it, assuming the, the police department, that, assuming this piece of information is correct, that would make sense that they had that quick of a response time. So just pointing that out, uh, trying to be into the interest of fairness. So if you guys are putting those comments in there, just try to keep them somewhat brief if you actually want me to, uh, to address them in this. Uh, but yes, I, that was a, I thought that was a fair point to bring up so that... Uh, People don't get too schizo about the police response time. I don't know if there's anything to add to that. I thought that thought that was a fair point to bring up, Tim. Uh, well, as far as uh, the shooting, officially, uh, according to the final report, was only five minutes. So for them to get there, according to some witnesses, while gunshots were still going off, they would then have to have a call before it started, which could be a thing that Official timelines are always wrong, and they're always going to get a lot of things wrong. And it, they, it, it is possible that they got there in that time, but that's a pretty good response time. I mean, it's just an observation. 
Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I wasn't saying you were saying anything about about that, but someone brought it up. I thought it was a fair point to bring up. So if anyone was kind of like mind was wandering about that thing, it was crazy because I thought it was a little bit crazy too, but I was open to the possibility that there was a, a decent explanation. I think to some extent that might be a decent explanation, although the timeline is so stupid tight that it's still just like, still wild either way, whether the police station was right there or not. Uh, but yes, um, but let, yeah, today uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep on getting into it. You, I guess you've done a little bit more digging. Uh, we're gonna probably touch back on some other stuff we went into before. Uh, so let, let me know wherever you want to start, and we'll we'll get into it. But all right, uh, one last thing about that question is uh, I think I even mentioned it on the show. It's a uh, called a CAD report. It's like an automated dispatch thing. Is a uh, according to that the uh, the police killed Adam. So to get there, get a call, get there, and shoot Adam, that would that would be insane. So that's last little detail on that. Mm-hmm. Let's see. All right. Uh, the first thing I have is uh, St. Rose of Lima. St. Rose of Lima was uh, it's a Catholic church, and it's also kind of like uh, the one in Tennessee. It also has its own little private school deal. <clears throat> A uh, this is a quote from a headline article: Former St. Rose priest arrested in internet sting. Uh, uh, the sting was concerning pederasts, so I don't know if kind of a joke how how far did he let it go? <laughs> but yeah. I'm assuming he solicited someone and they caught him. And this happened in 2001, so Adam would have been around nine or ten years old. He was born in '92. To be clear, you, you mentioned pederast, so I'm assuming maybe you're making a distinction, or maybe that was in the article. Because no, rem- go ahead. The article uh, does mention. I do remember that it was a pederast sting. So yeah. this is uh, I don't know if this is a sting that these are people that have prior convictions or whatever the deal might be. Yeah, but it did mention that because that's a. I know what it means, but that's yeah, a very yeah. Pederast, if I recall correctly, is I, I know. Don't get me wrong. Fucking kids altogether is just wrong. But and I'm not trying to say one. I mean, I guess you could say that the younger is to some extent worse. I mean, but altogether, it's just bad. But the point I'm getting at is, I, I there there you mentioned his age because I believe pederast, if I remember correctly, is supposed to be what uh, adults that are interested in like teenagers. So like you know, like kind of like a. 13 to you know 17 range if i remember correctly maybe i'm maybe i'm not up to date on my pedophile lingo but that, that's my understanding that's the distinction between that and pedophile i think pedophile is more all-encompassing whereas pederast is more specific for you know teenager range if i remember correctly so uh which i guess that would be kind of a distinction if he was nine or ten ish around that time although i i mean if they're fucking if these priests or whoever whatever's going on there are fucking 13, 14, 15 year olds, how much of a stretch is it? They're also fucking 10 year olds. I, I, don't, I don't really know if that really makes a difference. I don't know if that was some weird sly, uh, you know, journalism thing to, or they're trying to, to, to a tiny degree downplay it. I mean, it's bad either way. Uh, I, I mean, not much to derive from that. I just thought that was interesting that they made a distinction there. I do believe uh pederast is like the actual act is it okay? I thought it was. I think right. well, because wrong. pedophile. I mean, if you want to get into semantics, like pedophile is just like the urge. That's then there's pederasts, the guys that actually do it, and there are uh, terms for people that like they prefer prepubescent and ones prefer teenagers. So 
that gets into like a term uh, terminology discussion. Okay. Well then whatever. I mean, then I guess I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. I don't think the distinction makes too big of a difference. I just thought it was no, weird. It, it doesn't. <laughs> so, but all right, I'll, I'll let you get back to it. Uh, so as far as St. Rosalima from 2001, uh, uh, what's that first grader? Like seven years old, something like that. Yeah, I'd say like so. Nine ten is going to be like third grade, something like that. So this timeline is kind of tight because I do I did not write his name down, but he was only at St. Rosalima for not not a year. It was like six to eight months. So that's kind of a tight timeline. But uh, uh, the police seized Adams' GPS from Thirty Six Uganda Street, and he did consider St. Rosalima a target. In the days leading up to the shooting, he went to Sandy Hook two or three times, and he did drive by St. Rosalima a few times. So it is possible that if Sandy Hook didn't happen, that he might have shot up St. Rosalima. Because uh, is either CNN, the day of the shooting, did use footage of police officers running into St. Rosalima. So pretty uh don't quote me, but I'm fairly confident the school is close to Sandy Hook. And something happened to where multiple police officers are on film that CNN used running into the school while there's a situation over at Sandy Hook. So it could be a situation where they got false information. Could be a situation to where that's where the guy in the woods was going to. I mean, I don't know, but CNN used footage from that school the day of the shooting. And as far as that goes, I mean, I don't know what to make of it. But, I don't know if it's like a courthouse Murrah building type situation. I, I don't know. Uh, we're, I mean, for those who are familiar with OKC, it's like the initial target most people thought was supposed to be the courthouse. Uh, I would be, I mean, if obviously we're, we're limited on information here, so it would be interesting to know why he, you know, ultimately chose Sandy Hook over uh, St. Lima, considering as he probably had more of a gripe, if we're to assume there's some sort of pedophilia that was occurring with him there uh i don't know but i mean i think that you know maybe there was something more going on at sandy hook as well but i'll let you go on as far as uh <clears throat> last weekend i just watched some normie stuff uh there's new town it was from 2016 i i got it off of amazon and on there i think it was nancy mentioned uh how happy adam was in first grade at Sandy Hook, he did go to Sandy Hook in elementary school. And as far as later on, we can get into that. But uh, he mentioned, is either Nancy or Adam? One of them said they were very happy that he had uh, 26 classmates. So if anyone's into numerology or into numbers, like, knows that the number 26 is pretty relevant as far as to what happened to Sandy Hook. So I, that was just something, me watching Normie stuff, that sort of sent a red flag in my head. So I would kind of lean more towards something happened at Sandy Hook. Okay. All right. Uh, is there anything more on this in this vein of information with St. Rosalima? I know we're kind of we touched on a little bit at this episode, so I think you're kind of you know giving providing more context uh, that you've kind of looked into from before. But is there anything in there uh, before we move on to the next thing? Uh, no. As far as uh, I just mentioned, what uh, the Newtown documentary, uh, it did feature St. Rosalima. And interestingly enough, he mentioned no pedophiles or Adam Lonza ever went to it. So, huh? Yeah. Well, it's weird it would even come up then. 
Uh, all right, I think you have the next thing. We want to dig a yeah. little bit more into Andrew Solomon, which was that weird guy that looked like he was doing a God. What is that weird stuff that all the 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 uh, he, he was doing the guy uh, the the New York Times journalist who was doing some of the crazy what like looked like spirit cooking borderline type stuff. I mean, he was more just covered in blood. But you know, either way, weird uh, for those in our realm that immediately ticks off a red flag. Like, what in the Sam Hill is going on here? Um, so, and I guess for really anyone in general, if you see any sort of individual proudly posting photos with no context with them covered in blood, very confusing, especially when there are someone with the connections with higher, higher ups, especially <clears throat> within the Epstein realm. But, uh, you have more information to provide on Andrew Solomon. Uh, first silly thing is he looked like, uh, on Jackass two when Steve-O, I think it was Dave England too. They went to like that. I guess a community somewhere way off in the middle of nowhere. And they like drank blood and doing all this crazy shit with skulls. He looked like that. He looked insane in those pictures. That is a, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think that was wild boys. If I remember correctly, <laughs> it was, I think uh, they went to India on Jackass too. So it's probably wild boys. Okay. Yeah. There, there's a lot of crossover between the two shows, but yeah, I think in wild boys, there was some weird where they wouldn't mess around with people that did the, uh, did that type of weird shit. But yeah, anyways, that's a side point. But, but anyways, back to Andrew. Okay. Uh, this is, uh, the source is Able Child. And as far as, I'm not putting words in their mouth. I can't remember if they're a nonprofit. As, their website is a very small portion, only like they have one tab that's Sandy Hook. So that's not most of their website. So they're not Wolfgang Habeck or Alex Jones. Uh, Drew Solomon failed to disclose his family connection to drugs prescribed to Adam Lanza. This is a, uh, yeah, this is a title of an article they had. And the reckoning, which is, I mentioned it last time, the only time Peter Lanza ever talked to a reporter, uh, Adam Lanza being prescribed Celiax was made public in the state report. So I can't remember. The police reports came out after the final report. I believe, but it might've been around the same time. So 2013, 2015, somewhere in there. So we already knew Adam was on some type of medication, <clears throat> but Solomon was the one in the piece that he published with Peter Lanza. He was the one that made it public. Adam used Lexapro, which I mean, I'm not a SSRIs can play a, can have a hand in shootings. I mean, you have to analyze everything that happens in a shooter's life that would lead up to that. Mm -hmm. But from what I hear from where I'm from, most people on Lexapro, like they say, no, it's, it's not any fucking good. You don't need to be on it. Yeah, <clears throat> any, anything that's messing with your head is going to cause some effects to some extent. So uh, like, I think there was a period of time where my, uh, cause my wife's an epileptic. And there was a period of time where I think she was on some sort of medication that was also used for similar things like that. And we had to get her off it. Cause it was like, made her like a zombie. Anytime you're messing with people's brains, you're going to have weird, weird, weird effects. I mean, sometimes it, it may be somewhat necessary depending on what your condition is, but uh, generally speaking, yeah, you should probably stray away from what I would say. Uh, but yes. Uh, yeah. And anyways, you, you said he, he Lexapro, but he also, what, what was the other medication? <clears throat> All right. And the uh, Lexapro is what uh, Andrew Solomon disclosed and mm -hmm. his piece with Peter. That was from the Yale Child Study Center that they went to to try to figure out what was going on with Adam. But 
I guess he thought in his piece he was disclosing that Adam was actually on medication. I don't know if he is aware of that it was already disclosed prior to that article being released that uh, Adam was on Celex. It's C-E-L-E-X-A. I'm probably mispronouncing it. It's Celexa? fairly. Yeah, Celexa. I'm sorry. I'm okay. retarded. So it happens sometimes. <laughs> okay. I can't read. And I think that was another roughly in that vein of type of medication, uh, obviously. Since, Antipsychotic uh, or yeah. antidepressant, whatever it is. Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah. <laughs> Which okay. uh, people, people always bring up that those always had a side effect of causing suicidal ideations, possibly. And I, uh, people always, a lot of people bring up the point that really is that, that far away from homicidal ideations. Who, I mean, I would think probably not. Uh, but you know, weirdly that never is, is listed in the, in the side effects, but anyways, go on. Well, uh, as far as concerning that, we do know they always didn't have it on because, uh, uh, Eric Harris was on, what was he on? He was on Zoloft and like Luvox or something like that. And back then they didn't have that as far as the side effects. And that was a part of the major lawsuit. So I'm not sure when when the drugs that Adam was on when those came out. I don't know if it was before or after around the same time. Okay. Uh, all right. So we have Andrew Solomon. He, he didn't release that information. Is there anything more in that vein or, or no? Uh, Solomon and his article. He also doesn't disclose his father, Howard Solomon, is the chairman of pharmaceutical giant Forest Laboratories makers of both of the medications that adam was on so that seems like a giant conflict of interest to be interviewing the father of you know his son did what he did and it's not like peter wouldn't been aware so i mean he's talking to the guy so i don't know maybe he wasn't maybe he just had no idea who he's talking to and he's just talked to the first interviewer that gave him a phone call yeah. But uh, concerning this, uh, also briefly, uh, the Yale Study Center where Adam, where he went to get diagnosed, I can't remember what age, uh, at Yale, Howard Solomon has a statue of himself. So that's <laughs> maybe when they were going to figure out what was up with Adam, they might have seen it. So, I mean, it's it's like it's uh, like the Truman Show. It's ridiculous mm -hmm. okay uh andrew solomon yes uh i mean i i would think that yes it seems like whether they knew it or not that would i mean i mean maybe i mean obviously maybe this isn't the case but one could surmise that you know he's talking to him to kind of possibly control the information that comes out uh in case he did let slip something along the lines of you know he was having side effects from that or something that that could be diminished or or you know, removed from the article because uh, now he gets to control the information. No one else gets to see it. It's kind of like um, what was a what's for example what was it that Strassmeyer interview or uh, from the one guy I forget his name that you know said that he uh, essentially leaked the information that he he said something that highly implied that he was basically the informant. But then you know Strassmeyer has argued that why has he never released the the full interview and that, that's fair. Uh, and so, I mean, but in, in uh, any journalist would kind of have the ability to control the information. Like if they have their own personal interview that they don't technically have to release it to some extent, when you are looking at sources from journalists, a lot of times it does come down to trust me, bro. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Ah, man, I, I got his face right by head. Uh, he's got kind of the grayish hair. He's foreign. Pierce might be a part of his name. I can't remember. I know exactly what you're talking about. I have yeah, his book. Yeah. You know, it's right. like a, it's a really tabloidy name. It's like the Secret Life of Bill Clinton. Yep, yep, that's the one. I just can't remember the name of it. I'll, I'll think of it probably like after we're done. I'm like shit, that's it. Because yeah, the second the show is over, I'm gonna immediately know what his name is, and I'm gonna yeah. have to. <laughs> but anyways, the point being is a. Uh, journalists can kind of make shift things around to make give you false impressions and i'm not even saying that's the case because i mean i definitely think Strasmeyer was probably a fed but either way <laughs> the point being is you know that is a fair point that he's brought up in follow-ups to when people bring that up to him that hey you know that never you know that that piece of information like well that's just you're you're just taking his word for it so you don't you don't have the the video uh, or, or or the documents of when i said this so how are we going to prove this which is fair, and he never did release it, so I don't know. And I don't know why he wouldn't. He probably should, but either way. Uh, all right, anything more on Andrew Solomon? Uh, yeah, there's a talk. Uh, all right. Well, why this is relevant, I mean, like, well, what some people listening might think, well, what difference does it make what Adam was on? Millions of people take that medication and never shoot a bathroom full of children. So why is any of this relevant? Way all back. Around the time of 2015, somewhere in there, Abel Child sued the state of Connecticut to obtain Adam Lodge's toxicology report. And the state's prosecutor, his statement was, uh, they would, they basically said, we're not going to release it. And his, his reasoning was, this would cause a lot of people to stop taking their medications, which is essentially just like Straussmeyer saying, uh, McVeigh should have, they should have blew it up when they built it in Oklahoma or whatever. So, and then like, when you say something like that, the immediate response is like, well, are, what are you admitting to? Like you're admitting to something. Yeah. So, and to this day, uh, Adam Lons's toxicology report is still not publicly released. We have uh, Eric Harris, his was, I don't know if, Dylan was, but he had some weird pills in his pocket that they never really. So this is a prominent problem as far as school shooters not wanting to release what they may have been on. And this gets into the question of what Andrew Solomon's role. And also it gets back to Columbine because if people may know about Andrew Solomon's role with the Lonza family, they don't know about his role with Columbine. He wrote a book called Far From the Tree. It was a book uh, <clears throat> based off of talks with Sue Klebold. And uh, there's something very eerie with is that Sue Klebold has said some of the same things that Peter Lonza has said. And the common thread is they both talked to Andrew Solomon. Sue Klebold, she said uh, she prayed Dylan would die but this makes no sense when you also listen to her saying like she has no idea why he'd ever do something like that. And Peter Lonza's also uh, stated that, <clears throat> that he wishes his son Adam was never born, which is understandable. But also we have to remember Peter, like he ditched out, like he left Adam and Ryan. He was a weekend dad. He left around 2000, 2001 is when they separated. So it's kind of fucked up. It's also understandable. I mean, all of these shooters 
or all of these parents' kids were monsters. So I'm not going to beat them up for that. Yeah, fair <clears> point. I mean, people always ask, what would it take for you to like stop loving your kid or, or, or you know, to abandon them? Uh, that's probably, that's probably up there. <laughs> I mean, it could it, be a reason. yeah, pretty much. I feel like most parents or any good parent would say just about nothing, but the just about includes, uh, uh, mass murder probably. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess it depends on the, the context. Uh, really, I guess for me, it'd probably be more like they'd have to like kill someone else that I care about. Uh, I mean, I don't me wrong. Like, I guess if my kid did that, I'd still love them. Uh, did this act, but Jesus Christ, it'd, it'd still be like, what did I do wrong? Uh, but <laughs> uh, either way, yeah. Uh, okay, a lot, lot of weird stuff there. Um, f- a weird little side I want to bring up here, that I'll, although I don't think it has any bearing on this, unless you've you've heard something I haven't, and maybe this might somehow pharmaceutically tie into some of the other stuff. Uh, I was just looking at Jack Ruby because I did a JFK episode the other day. Uh, apparently he was basically a meth head. It, it, like he, <laughs> which I guess it technically wasn't meth. It was some other sort of medication, but it basically is like essentially some sort of amphetamine that's very similar. But then sixteen Adderall. Yeah, yeah, and then and you know that uh, that with McVeigh, he he was. It seems like he probably may have been using at some point. He also had people that he was connected with who definitely were using. Uh, and then then you also have. You know, you know, with your Columbine, I forget which, or if it was both of them, there was, you know, meth. And then also, I believe, if I remember correctly, one of the early drugs uh, MKUltra was looking into for, you know, being able to manipulate was meth. Uh, which, I don't know, I mean, that doesn't really, I guess, mean a ton, but I just found that interesting that there's all these connections. Especially when you look at Ruby and McVeigh, who both uh, definitely have uh, Jolly West connections. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, once again, this is all just pattern recognition. It just is weird. I don't know what it is about math. Uh, you know, that, that maybe that seems it might be getting exploited. And, uh, and I guess I'm kind of alluding to, cause when you're, once we're in this pharmaceutical realm, I don't know. Uh, it, maybe there's, you know, some sort of chemical overlap of some sort. I'm not sure. And you, you, like you mentioned Adderall, I don't know if maybe he was on Adderall at some point. It wouldn't surprise me if he was also prescribed Adderall or, or Vyvanse or Ritalin or something along those lines, which are very chemically similar to methamphetamines because most of them are uh, amphetamines of some sort. So, uh, but anyways, yes, point being weird. Uh, I just, I was just thinking about that because I had had noticed that connection the other day. So either way, weird, but all right. Uh, anything more on Solomon? Uh, the funny thing about, uh, All that is, uh, Jack Ruby was screaming about a conspiracy against Jews, and Jews were gonna get hurt, and McVeigh fucking he hated the Jews. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep, 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 yeah, for sure. There's a lot of a lot of. We- Although I think, like, if you look into it, it's like, well, what, I mean, was he legit? Was he not? I mean, to what extent was the whole the whole J posting was that was was that real? Was that, I, I don't I don't know. Was that an act to to kind of you know you know create a character? Who knows? <laughs> so. Was that an MK Ultra thing where it was a split personality? So he did legit have a crazy fucking J posting alter ego <laughs> that coexisted with his his normal one. Who knows? I mean, we'll probably never really know. Uh, but anyways, I, I guess uh, I think we we probably I mean let me obviously interject if there's more with Solomon. But I think we're kind of pointing out these uh, co- a lot of similar uh, earmarks between different like shooters and stuff. And you looked into it, you found another one. 
Uh, there's actually two other one we'll get into another one in a minute, but the hum, which reminded me of if anyone's read Aberration and looked into at one of the first chapters where they go into all the a lot of the different lone wolf shooters that have been in the past. It is so common. Like we just had the main shooter recently. Uh, and th- he was complaining about hearing voices. Uh, there's a lot of people here complain about weird frequencies, stuff like that. You know, even McVeigh with the whole like supposed idea of maybe he had some sort of implant that, you know, possibly was, you know, creating frequencies or somehow communicating to him in some, ha- some way. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying these are solidified things. These are just a lot of times these are you know, just information gets floated around, but there apparently there was some sort of, hum report of some sort in regards to uh adam and apparently to the extent to where it was driving him nuts uh, so i'll pass it off to you uh, uh briefly uh you mentioned the main which is actually more of a frequency thing the main shooter uh what was his name uh something uh, robert card uh he was partially deaf or required hearing aids so that that actually is a frequency deal but he also, he was J-posting. He was saying everybody was calling him a pedophile leading up to the shooting. So there is that somebody needs to do an episode on that because that he's, that's a weird one. But as far as Adam Lanza, uh, this actually, I couldn't believe I found this. This is on, uh, if anyone wants to dig into Sandy Hook, you'll eventually find what the state of Connecticut put out. They put out all the police reports, the crime scene photos. Well, what some crime scene photos, uh, FBI reports, dash cam cameras, thing along those lines. And there's a, cl- the reason I found it was cause I wanted to watch dash cam and I wanted to listen to the 911 calls and it's around the area of media and audio. Uh, and it's essentially called the hum. Well, it's not called the hum. The, it's officially, it was dated February 5th, 2013. Its title is To Investigators of Newtown Tragedy, Neighborhood Infrasonic Hum, Environmental Stressor, Lonza's Mental State. So the the idea that the the FBI, the official investigators at the state of Connecticut, thought that they would even entertain this idea is so bizarre to me. Like imagine if Alex Jones sent a letter to the state of Maine and said all this shit I just said about Robert Carr and how weird it would be that they included it with their official investigation release. Mm -hmm. So that's, that is something to think on. Which I want to say, this sounds like crazy conspiracy stuff. And I guess to some extent it is, but once again, referring to aberration, if you've read that book, especially near to the end, she gets into some of the, the uh research that like kind of spooky fed types have done in the past and there is a lot of research in that realm that would kind of lead one to believe maybe they had some sort of breakthroughs or something along those lines and this was stuff i mean most of the stuff seemed to be it was like research that we were seeing from like the 30s to 60s range so it's like you know, what infer- What research is there out there that we're not aware of? <laughs> so, like, they were doing this kind of stuff that far back. It's not that crazy. Uh, I mean, it sounds crazy. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a scientist. So the idea that you could tap into some sort of frequency that would drive people nuts, 
I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, I guess, sure, maybe it's feasible, especially once you start implementing uh, some sort of implants of some sort, which is why the dental thing comes along, which also isn't that crazy because there actually have been uh, instances of people that have had you know, sort of things like this happen to them, some of them voluntarily, involuntarily. Later, they find out there's some sort of weird implant in a dental thing uh, that are like, why, why is this there? There's a lot of weird, spooky stuff out there in the world. Uh, you know, and like you mentioned the guy with his hearing aid. So it's like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, I guess once you start seeing this research and if we're to take the, the feds word, you know, from uh, over almost half a century ago that this was legitimate research they were doing, it's like, well, I don't know. Maybe it's not that crazy. They could use this to their advantage. I have no idea. Uh, but it just, I guess I just want to kind of provide that out there. Cause I know people haven't, a lot of people haven't done that type type of deep digging to know that like, yeah, this crazy stuff. Well, there's some, there might be something to it, you know? Uh, yeah. A common example I have is, uh, <clears throat> the dog whistle ringtone. This is back. God, I don't know if I was in elementary school or middle school. Yeah. The ringtone back when I had a, that, that, that teachers yeah. can hear. Yeah. But go on. It was, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was when I had a Motorola. So whenever that year was, uh, it was a high pitched ringtone. Not everybody could hear it. And some people, when that ringtone, played they would it would piss them off to say the least so it is possible that certain things i mean well absolutely certain sounds piss people off so the high frequency low frequency is going to bother some people but uh <clears throat> let's see doo -doo -doo. okay uh this is a quote this is from uh, one of the first paragraphs on what he sent uh most people can't hear it Dot, dot, dot. Researchers have greater unappreciated the disastrous effect of long-term exposure to these type of conditions on fragile people. And uh, we touched on the question of Adam Lanza. His, uh, there's three main sources that I, most of them say he was not high-functioning, but that's clearly not the case. So that's a, a separate issue. But uh, from what he... The reason he sent this to the investigators is because this also drove him crazy. And uh, he'd notice it started in 2009 in Connecticut. <clears throat> this is also, weirdly enough, the same time Adam Monza fell off the face of the earth. I've, I'm not real uh, real sure when those Dance Dance Revolution videos came out. One of them, he's clearly younger in a blue hoodie. And the other one is the one he clearly was wearing when he was older, like the only outfit he'd wear. So, but 2009 is around the time he would have graduated high school. So, this is basically where he falls off the face of the earth and he's a shut-in, essentially, according to the mainstream media. Mainstream media. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I'm Alex Jones tonight, apparently. Uh, on September 24th, 2010, Adam's neighbor neighborhood had uh, data. So this is a, uh, these are dates to where he's noticed this frequency and he's notified F E R C. I guess these are the people that investigate low frequencies going on in towns. That's who he says he uh, sent an email to. So on December 6th and December 10th of 2012, uh, he, he notified them of increases of horrendous low frequency. So according to him, it was ramping up 
and this is in this in those days it was unbearable and uh what date did i just say uh december 12th uh wait a minute yeah you're six and tenth you're right so uh, yeah uh, this was also would be when adam is at his house by himself because nancy took a trip uh, for two or three days before the shooting happened. So, yeah, he could be just at his house losing his mind at, at the sound. <laughs> and what he discovered is the location of this is less than 1,500 feet from Adam's house. And the hum was occurring for all of those two years. And uh, I guess he doesn't know if it was continuous from 2009, but from 2010... 2012 it, it the hum never went away and it would only increase in frequency if for for certain periods of time and his theory is adam adam's home was close to a studied gas system pipe or lines that's what i got gas system line so he thinks it was originating that was the source of where the frequency was coming from which i mean i guess is true from now, some people think it comes from power lines. I I can't speak to if this is ridiculous or this is actually something that could create a sound like that. I mean, it seems feasible. I mean, I, I, I feel like most people can identify with, you know, I don't know if it's so much modern day TVs or maybe I've just gone old, gone old and I don't hear it anymore. But I know when I was a kid, I remember always hearing a low whine whenever the TV would like go on and off. And sometimes just like while it was on, you'd hear like a low like whine frequency. So, I mean, it, I guess it's not that crazy that electronics of some sort would transmit some sort of, you know, frequency, whether intentional or unintentional. It might just be a byproduct of it. I mean, TVs, what they are is they're transmitting frequencies and then putting on a screen for you to see. So it's not that crazy of an idea that, you know, those somehow may interact with you. Uh, on, on an auditory level. Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I remember uh, my grandparents had a TV. It was like the size of, I'm outside of my parents' house, and I'm looking at their giant chimney they have, and it had to be at least, at least the front half of it. It was huge. The thing was like eight foot by eight foot. It was like a giant box. And those things sound like shit, and they, they watch TV on it. And that's that nonsense. Anyway, uh, <laughs> some uh, symptoms that he claimed were withdrawal oscillation, which Adam Lanza was just shut in. He stayed in his room, and he's and he would only communicate to his uh mom by email. So I think I think he was suffering from those symptoms. He was feeling body sensations, ear pressure, which. I don't know about that. Well, I mean, he didn't like to be touched, but that's also a thing from when he was a child. So mm-hmm. I, we can't say that was from the hum. Increase of fight or flight. So some people might see this as a non sequitur. I don't think it is. Uh, all right, I'm, every, I'm kind of older now, but uh, maybe younger people aren't aware of who Charles Whitman is. Charles Whitman climbed the clock tower, ended up shooting like 20-something people, injuring a bunch of people back in the late 60s. 
when they did an autopsy on him, it turned out he had a tumor on his brain. And mainstream guys like Sam Harris and Michael Shermer, I believe that's his name, they've argued that this is evidence of there is no free will. Uh, if anyone's ever studied what free will is, they would be a determinist. And where the tumor was, this was directly affecting his fight or flight response. So when the tumor, I guess, was at its height, as far as him being sick, like Jigsaw, like it was, just drove him insane. And he was constantly wanting to either flee or fight. So some people think that explains why that shooting happened. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I've gone down the free will wormhole before. It's kind of uh, intellectual masturbatory, you know, or like uh, exercising like intellectual masturbata- masturbation essentially is all it is. Yeah. Once you, once you dig down deep to what they're saying, <clears throat> it kind of is meaningless because even if there is. It's semantic, pretty yeah, much. It's, it's semantic because even because the idea is that essentially we're. In a, in a certain sense, no different than like, a, you know, a program that like if if X plus Y, then this or whatever, you know, and I guess to some extent you could understand actions because as you go throughout life, you learn when I put finger in socket, I get zapped, don't do that or, or whatever. So everything is somewhat determined by prior, you know, things or essentially you're an AI that's constantly improving in a certain sense. So in a certain way you're you're a slave to your programming but at the end of the day we still kind of have to act as if you have free will so whether you yep. do or don't is, is irrelevant but either way sorry i couldn't help myself it's it's a fun little <laughs> little uh little little aside it, it's just essentially it's it's a borderline meaningless discussion but it is kind of fun to have because <laughs> it does break people's brains but either way it's 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 meaningless whether which side you fall down on because at the end of the day you have to act like you have free will <laughs> so because the only way you can update that programming is through consequences yeah. so, so as far as the free will debate i'm fairly confident sam harris and michael Shermer would never bring it up in this context yes. <laughs> if anyone's wondering <laughs> absolutely not uh all right we're still on the hum uh, anything okay? We're anything more on the specifics of the hum before we get into another uh, another uh, you know overlap between other similar <laughs> occasions? Okay, uh, another symptom is complaining about unbearable environmental conditions that can't be pinpointed, which could be true. Uh, I got written down big sunglasses found that crime scene, which lets you know how big how good at notes I'm taking, but uh. Adam had this weird issue to where he didn't like the sun, which also makes me think of the InfoWars titled Vampires at Sandy Hook Exposed, but that's neither here or there. Uh, He didn't like the sun. If you look at his bedroom, it looks... You you just look at it. You can determine what it looks like, but he has his windows taped up with, uh, like, it looks like black uh, trash bags. He's got a duct tape to his windows so no sunlight comes in. There is a discrepancy as far as the crime scene goes in room 10 where they mentioned uh, glasses and some people use that to say Adam was wearing sunglasses. But his sunglasses were found in the car. Can't remember exactly where but they were oversized. The sunglasses he bought are meant to have a pair of I guess, reading glasses underneath them. And then you put the sunglasses on. So that could be used to explain, like, he did have some something going on, but he couldn't really pinpoint what was bothering him. And he just decided he didn't like the sun. But also, from looking at him, I'm assuming he was fairly pale. So uh, you can make up your own mind about that. 
Let's see. And that's this would get into Adam potentially being misdiagnosed. His uh his mother and his father have both sort of su- suggested this. So the big issue with all right with Eric Harris, everyone says he's a psychopath, and that's why he did what he did. He just wanted to hurt as many people as he could. He's being bullied, hated jocks. Dylan, from what from what his mother said, he just wanted to kill himself, and he used Eric as a vehicle to be able to finally commit suicide. <clears throat> but with Adam, it makes no sense. I don't give a damn how autistic you are. You aren't just going to go with a rifle and a 10 millimeter and start shooting people. So I can't remember this guy's name. Uh, he's written a bunch of papers on school shooters, and he has a Ph.D., but also James Fetcher has a Ph.D., so I guess you'll have to yeah, – someone contact me after this episode, and I'll send you who he is in – so you'll be able to decide. So the theory is Adam was possibly schizophrenic. And in the days leading up to the shooting, he did hit his head. Uh, his mother knew of it. Uh, she told someone. So in those two to three days while she was gone or before she was gone, she was aware of it. He hit his head. He was bleeding. He was anorexic. So someone being anorexic, hitting their head. I'd imagine it would be like a fighter cutting weight. It would probably hurt their brain worse. <clears throat> and I've lost my trade of thought. So, a misdiagnosis. Yeah. That's yeah. where we're at. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, well, why do we, why do uh, his parents think he might have been misdiagnosed? And why would anyone think that? Everyone, uh, if you read the FBI reports, they really hammer it in. He has Asperger's. Uh, I, fun, there's a little non sequitur, but there's a piece in the FBI reports, like the whole page is blanked out besides one sentence that says, uh, he had Asperger's but high functioning. So they really want people to, he was autistic and that's the only reason he did it. <clears throat> but, uh, I mentioned, uh, the Yale child study several times. And I am going off memory, but I do believe Adam actually did bring up schizophrenia or he might have someone brought it up and he would not not answer any questions about that. When they brought that up, he just shut down as far as, well, do you experience this or do you experience that? <clears throat> and uh, one of the last communications Adam sent out, this is the Columbine forum that he was on. It was that RPG game. You could do the Columbine shooting as a video game. It was later called Shock Beyond Belief. But he told someone that he actually had a 15-minute hallucination to where he was seeing people that weren't there, seeing faces and seeing bodies, and they would disappear. What he told the person was that he knew it was a hallucination, but it was still happening to him. And... I think one of his last communications had to be 2010, maybe 2011, because 2012, he's, he, according to his GPS, he is a recluse. He cut off all contact and he was very, as far as what they have released. So that's, this is a question of, is the hum inducing some sort of psychosis as far as, it's going on forever. Clearly, the outside world is bothering them. 
and he hit his head and who's to say when he hit his head, it didn't knock something loose. It's just my theory. Yeah, no, there's, there's, there's something to that. And I think, uh, once again, we can backtrack and go back into this, but I think this is a good segue to get into. You found some, uh, weird overlap of a specific term mind rape which we found to be interesting and where it was found which i think does kind of tie into the hum schizophrenia if we're you know if you're just connecting strings here uh because i mean if anyone who knows anything uh who's really dug into mk ultra one of the things they were trying to do was trying to figure out ways to split psyches to like create separate uh, identities and I think in a lot of ways, is there really any much of a meaningful distinction between that and schizophrenia? I guess, I mean, maybe some psychologist somewhere would, you know, quibble with me about that. I mean, I don't, I'm not a psychologist or whatever, so I don't know, but I would think, you know, hearing voices or, or other entities in your head, I mean, I think a lot of people would kind of roughly kind of put that somewhere in the realm of near schizophrenia or easily mistaken for schizophrenia if you want to call it a separate thing uh and then we have this mind rape thing uh go ahead and explain to the audience what what you're referring to there because i thought that was an interesting find there all right as a what we do know is i've said this i know for sure on this podcast adam lanza did have youtube his official youtube was cultural philistine and on this YouTube, you can there's various subjects. He goes into detail about what he thinks. He's it's a black screen, but whatever he thinks on it, he'll tell you. And a common thing he has, uh, he thinks therapists. He calls them the rapists. Uh, he uh, he really has this weird issue of culture. I guess that's his overarching thesis for whatever he's kind of working out. Uh, culture is basically. Right. Uh, as far as he calls everything right, it's kind of get it gets sort of autistic to a certain point. But uh, even uh, with school, he calls it indoctrination, which I mean, it kind of is. So, well, he he got one thing right. So, school's indoctrination. But as far as mind rape, the the rapist, what he called therapist, which when you consider Paul Fox is previous therapist that gets kind of weird so maybe there's a reason why he's calling therapist the rapist but uh, i actually didn't discover this uh i was i mentioned earlier i was watching normie stuff uh new town 2016 and i pay for showtime but i hardly ever watch it so uh somebody told me to watch uh active shooter in america something along those lines it's like one season i watched uh the Aurora Batman shooting. I watched Pulse in the Columbine episode. So I watched like three or four episodes that I remember. But uh, uh, her handle is Meowry4. She's a, she's a pretty good Columbine poster. And she uh, I asked her, because she's from the Colorado area, if she'd done any research on the Batman shooting. Well, she sent me a... Uh, this is a document from uh, James Holmes' psychiatrist or... If you ever gone on YouTube and look up James Holmes and seen the therapist or court whoever the hell he was, that's that's what the document's from. And very interesting, very weirdly enough, James Holmes is calling therapists the rapist, which I mean, 
there kind of is this overarching theme of like we think programming is sort of similar, but like when like two shooters from across state lines are calling therapists or rapists in the same year, I mean that when they in the same year when they commit a shooting, I mean that's something has to be there. I mean it's impossible not to be, but I mean lightning does strike, so yeah, who the I hell mean, knows? I mean I don't know if I'd call it impossible because I mean I guess that would be a kind of not a crazy conclusion to reach, but I do find it interesting because as I was kind of alluding to with like MK ultra type things, what like the, and I kind of left this out in the little diatribe I had there, but you know, one of the ways in which they try to do, you know, manipulate people is through trauma, which I mean, trauma, rape. I mean, we can make loose connections here. I know a lot of this might be grasping at straws, but as I've said in previous episodes, it's kind of all we really have with a lot of these things, especially Sandy hook. But it is, I find that very interesting that they would. I mean, it is also, you know, I don't know when Arrested Development came out, but uh, there's like a, that stupid, there's that joke where, <laughs> where I can't remember what Fuchs or whatever, one of the main characters, he, I think he's either a therapist for a one time, but he screws up the way he puts on the door or something. It says the rapist. So, <laughs> so it, is, it is kind of, it is sort of a joke that was somewhat in a, in, in the consciousness of, of like, I guess, Americans. I, I want to say Arrested Development was probably, you know, around that time, maybe a little before. I don't know. But either way, it's kind of an easy connection to make, you know, so far as plays on words, therapist, the rapist, you know, if someone's messing with your mind, they're raping your mind. But either way, it is still an interesting, it is interesting. I, uh, you know something there uh possibly I, j I just find that you know i don't know there's there might be something i just found that to be it is weird <laughs> that yes like you said within the same year both shooters both uh both <laughs> in documents official documents right. referring to uh, therapists <laughs> as mind rapists so i don't know <laughs> so, and you know if we're gonna if there was some sort of M crazy mk ultra stuff i would assume that they probably you know work through therapists a lot because that would be such an easy thing to exploit so yeah uh, so as far as uh taking uh piggybacking off of that i can't talk to that uh one of the biggest mysteries well i guess it's it sort of ties into the motives of uh, someone that would kill children uh, salvador ramos he shot his grandmother so i guess somebody it's kind of a common motive or steps. Uh, it used to be big. Uh, I, I'm going to move on. I can't can't think right now. But anyway, uh, one of the big mysteries is, well, why did Adam shoot his mom? Because as far as everyone is aware of, that's really the only solid relationship that he had. So going off of this, maybe he did have schizophrenia. The home finally made him snap or it was the sun. He finally just looked at it and it sent him over the edge, whatever it was. Uh, I, w I also watched in my normie research, guess the gun's fault. Let's do a documentary on it. Uh, raising Adam Lonza. I can't remember his name. I got his face in my head. He has goofy hair. I saw his name earlier before I did this podcast, but, uh, he was a close associate of uh, Nancy Lanza, uh, so much so that she uh, he was in contact with her six months leading up to the shooting. Somehow, some way, he was emailing someone that actually investigated the crime scene at 36 Uganda Street. And what the investigator told him was that Adam took a Q-tip and after shooting Nancy in the head four times with a twenty-two took a Q-tip, took her blood, and wrote something on the wall. 
And if anyone's seen those god-awful pictures that came out of Uvalde knows that Salvador Ramos also wrote something on the wall. He wrote LOL, which is, I think Donut Operator thought it said LDL. And he's like, what the fuck does LDL mean? But it was LOL. And my theory is, not even a theory, my question was, did Adam, was the mind rapist Nancy? The, uh, I mentioned that guy that wrote the thing about Adam possibly being schizophrenic, and that could be a, a potential theory of who the mind rapist is. It's like, what was all of this angst coming from? So that's a weird little caveat already. Yeah, yeah I saw uh, with your with the Q-tip thing. Didn't they follow up later and they wouldn't say what? And there's no pictures of it on the crime scene. Yeah. If anything, the crime scene uh, of you know, I think there's what the one release photo that. I mean, I don't. It just what is like one weird little sort of the spot of blood, but it looks honestly just looks suspiciously like not much is going Ooh, on. There. Be careful. Uh, although I will say, as I mentioned in the previous episode, I did see someone. I mean, if he just domed his mom, there may not have been a ton of blood. So, you know, it's not that crazy. I'm not. I'm not even saying it. Just it just looked like there's not much going. I did, there's definitely not any. It's a, it was a 22. To be fair, yeah. it was a 22. It was like yeah. a Marlin bolt action 22. Which yeah, probably wouldn't leave a lot of time blood because, like I said, I did. I saw in the last episode. I I did. I, I came across someone who killed themselves, you know, shot themselves in the head and there wasn't like just literally just uh, a stream of blood down their down their head and it wasn't really that much. So I guess, yeah, if you're, it's just a, a dome <clears throat> shot with a small caliber, yeah, it'll probably, you know, get a decent amount of like a, a, a tiny, like a decent amount of blood, but not enough to probably kill you from bleeding out. And then it'll probably, you know, coagulate and that's about it. So as opposed to, you know, if you hit an artery or something, yeah, you're going to leave a ton of blood. Uh, so yeah, I guess with a dome shot, that probably wouldn't do that. But either way, there the, the is very absent in the photo any sort of things written in blood. So we don't know what was written in blood. Yeah. So all we see is a bed with a you know kind of a little circular little area where there's you know what looks to be blood. So I don't know. As far as I mean, all right. If we're all right, as far as crime scene goes, what we have is we have 36 Uganda Street. We have Nancy Lons's bed. All right, James, James Fetcher said this. He's a Sandy Hook denier. We don't agree with him. He claimed in his book it was raspberry jam or some shit like that. It dried pink. And someone sent me like some sort of scientific study that kind of disagreed with some of the stuff I was posting. And I think on a thing it said like the thing has to be like negative 20 degrees Celsius and like has to be dried for like at least 24 hours to start looking pink. I was like, what the fuck is that about? And as far as Sandy Hook, as far as any sort of actual crime scene, we have somebody wearing pants that their knee area was black. So we see that they have pants that have a black knee and it is behind, or they have a Glock 10 millimeter in front of them, which they blew their head off with. And also strangely enough, left no blood in his hat. So that's a whole separate issue. And, now maybe 10 millimeter will do that. Just maybe Adam's head was hollow because he hit his head and there was homes. I mean, who knows? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, I think we've hit most of the bullet points for today. Uh, although I, you did put in here Adam's childhood. So I don't know if there's anything we met missed there that you want to touch on before we get out of here. Uh, I think we, we hit most of the stuff that we were planning on <clears> today. Uh, let me, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. If there's anything else you want to hit on before we get out of here. 
Uh, no, I mean, as far as uh, it's, this is one of the hardest parts about Sandy Hook research is family connections. And, uh, before, uh, if we have later episodes, uh, we'll get into it, but it's what I'm confident about is, uh, Adam Lonzo grew up in New Hampshire before he moved to Connecticut. So that's, that is a fact. So I do know that for sure. Okay. Well, all right. Yes. Uh, like, I mean, as, as we could tell, like you have to, there's so much digging that has to be done here. So, uh, there may or may not be future episodes. Uh, you know, so we'll, I mean, if you want to, we will, if you feel like you have more, uh, you can dig into, but, uh, if you want to keep doing more research, if you have more, you want to bring to me can, but as people could see, I mean, there's not, there's so much redacted removed, uh, but you know, this is what we're working with. I, I think it's, uh, I think it's, it, it's worthy to look into. It is interesting. A lot of this stuff, there's weird stuff going on. I, I, there's not really a ton of, you know, f- hard conclusions I really can reach other than I just feel like this is weird. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you know, not much that you can really draw too many conclusions from, but yeah, I mean, if you have any final comments before we get out of here, uh, because I, th- I think we'll probably have another one. Cause I know you, you do have other stuff we can touch on, I believe, but yeah, uh, definitely, definitely a lot of weird stuff. Uh, I guess the last thing I'll say, since I didn't mention it, uh, what's his name? Uh, grand thumb. He's one of them gun tubers, mm-hmm. right wingers. He likes to shoot guns on YouTube. That's what he does. Uh, one of his last videos was how lethal is a 10 millimeter. Something along those lines. So I just go watch that video and then, and then look at the hat that they say Adam wore. So yeah. Yeah. 10 millimeters. Make your own big conclusions. That's like a bear killer kind of thing. I believe. No, like uh, it'll, uh, it'll stop a grizzly bear charging at you. Yeah. Which, I mean, theoretically, I guess you technically could with a twenty-two or something, but, like, you got to get a good shot. But, but you know, no, but you need, you do, yeah, the point being it's a big caliber. It's a big boy. Like, I know I mentioned with, you know, like a twenty-two or a smaller caliber, yeah, there may not be a bunch of blood. You may not be see that big of a hole, but once you get to the larger calibers, you will. And, yes, I, I've seen the videos where you always see the gun guys goofing around with, like, I don't know, some like the jelly body things and just like seeing yeah. what happens with larger calibers. Like once you get to those bigger calibers, <laughs> that, that logic of like, well, I don't know, maybe there wouldn't be a lot of blood. Maybe there wouldn't be a lot of gore. <laughs> no, that goes out the window real quick and you get into crazy town. <laughs> you get into body parts getting blown off. You get into big old holes. You get into, you know, pieces of body all over the place. So chunks. Yeah, yeah chunks. So, but yeah, uh, all right, I guess let's go ahead and get out of here. Let me, let people know where they can find you. Uh, you know, if I know, you, I don't know if there's anything you're, you want to, you want to work on. I pretty much, I think you just got your Twitter to, to promote and that's about it. Yeah, I'm on, uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm a Jolly and Quibold and you can go follow me and we'll talk shit over there. Hell yeah. Uh, we'll definitely probably do, whether we do more of this or something else, I will definitely end up having you on again at some point. But for those who want to follow me, this is on YouTube. All major art packagers, uh, Rumble. You can follow me on Twitter at TowerGangJose. If you want to support me, patreon.com, snowwayjose2020. Like, share, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. And with that, we are out. Thanks, bud. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.